welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Uh, shout out to Kevin Barrett. <laughs> oh, you're starting with it, yeah? Yeah, I thought while it was fresh in my memory. Yeah. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. I've never met you. Yeah, we recently found, found over Kevin's Super Kevin's fan, big Kevin fan. Barrett. <laughs> and we are very sorry for never mentioning National Lampoon's, uh, is it Christmas vacation or holiday vacation? Christmas vacation, um, two years ago. It's good, I guess. I mean... Never seen it. You claim that it's the best Christmas <laughs> film ever. You're wrong, Kevin. <laughs> if people who might be interested, Kevin Barrett is um, Mark Barrett, who's been on the podcast. It's his yes, dad. Yes. Um, who we recently found out listens to the podcast. So, And, and, called, <laughs> and, and, and took called on bridge against that. And also uh, the Valerian thing he was upset about. I don't know if he's upset. He just was amused by you saying Valerian's right. better than any Star Wars ever made. Still is, mate. Still is. Don't worry about it. So, yeah. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for listening. Okay. So <laughs> if you now want to shout out, let us know you listen. No, we're not doing this regularly. <laughs> that was just a one-off. Um, Kevin didn't even ask for that. He's probably ashamed of us. How are you doing, Alex? Fine. Somebody had a little drink last night, didn't they? Let's get on with the somebody, podcast. Somebody had a little tipple. Let's get on with the podcast. Somebody had a little, little drink. And it's not funny it's, and it's quite it's, loud. He's it's feeling, feeling it's a little loud. bit today, isn't he? Yeah, I've just been talking for an hour and a half about bloody Star Wars already. So let's <laughs> so not make another hour and a half how's, long episode. How's your little wine to me? It's fine now. It felt yeah. a bit weird going to bed, but it's fine now. Too much wine, that's the... You're, you're yeah, I know, little, I know what the problem was. I had too much wine. Come a yeah. little thug you, aren't you? I'm not a thug. It's Getting Larry. I had too much wine, that's all. <laughs> it's a regular, regular problem. <laughs> Welcome to the episode. Everyone suffers from hangovers. Never. Lies. Never. Liar, liar, liar. You have hangovers when you haven't been drinking. <laughs> I have a life over. Ugh. <laughs> Welcome to our episode of News and Reviews, where we talk news. My head is dry on the inside. <laughs> As the saying always my, goes, my we is... talk news and my head is dry that on the inside. Feels like my brain is covered in sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad it is. Is it? You had a nice little sleep this morning, though. Yeah, I didn't think you'd return home. I was, I was on very, and off. I was very worried about you. Yeah, we talk news and reviews. <laughs> this week's news is big news. So obviously, were you, cele- uh, were you one more- celebrating our new glorious? Well, Lords? one more, one more shout out for this episode is our lords and saviors, Disney slash Fox slash just Disney now. In your face, Fox, we did it. Our overlords <laughs> have started it. I mean, also like at the same time, like you know, hi to Disney, our actual overlords. Yeah. All joking aside, you are our overlords. So Disney have purchased 20th Century Fox. Yes. It's got to be ratified and stuff like that still. Mm-hmm. But the deal has been confirmed that it's it's a done deal as long as everything goes through okay. Yeah, $52.4 billion. A fair amount of money. It's almost enough. <laughs> I, think, I think they underpaid. I think <laughs> they, they got a deal. I think it should have been $53 billion. Then they had a Cafe Nero card that was fully stamped that they gave them. And it took off... About $4 billion. <laughs> .6 of a billion. <laughs> Yeah. 600,000 million pounds. Yeah, yeah. Dollars. 100, 100 million for every stamp that was on there. Liars. Anyway, it's not all good news, unfortunately. No. Uh, f- between five and 10,000 jobs are going to be lost at Fox as a result of this. So, this is awful news. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. No, wait, we're still no, your mouthpiece. No, still, still we're still your us. mouthpiece. Love you, Disney. Um, you know, it, love it, you. It, it's, one of those, it's one of those interesting situations, isn't it, where... 
basically it is a giant corporation buying another giant corporation. Mm. You know, Fox are a big name in movie making. Um, and while part of me says, yes, this is great, because from my um, superhero loving mind says, Marvel, Marvel basically X-Men. got, yeah, they basically got everything back under house, which is great, because yeah, you can get the X-Men in the um, Marvel Universe and apparently there's already rumours that in Avengers 4 Wolverine might appear like the new Wolverine uh, for example you know you can start having stuff like I'm really excited that you might get Galactus now as a villain mm. um, Do- Doctor Doom can be in there you know all this kind of stuff I've been excited about before when we've talked about this I can actually now get properly excited as long as it goes through um, but the flip side is yeah you do get those losses you get basically a company with a monopoly over the market, really. Yeah. Um, and obviously that is a concern. What is interesting is what happens to the other things that Fox owned that either are in production already, so you've got X-Men films in production already. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they just cancel that one outright. Um, but keep like Deadpool going, because obviously that's a big moneymaker. Yeah. But stuff like um, the Alien films yeah. all come under Fox. And it's a question of how will Disney deal with these more adult um, series and stuff that they own now. Mm. So stuff like Alien, stuff like Kingsman's also under Fox. Um, there's another couple in there, but these probably things that you wouldn't expect Disney to put out, but Disney do have stuff like... Well, Kingsman's an interesting example because I don't know if Fox owned the rights to the sequels mm. because they didn't own the... They don't own the... They own the distribution rights yeah. for the films as they come out, but only because... Matthew Vaughan actually makes the films and then shops them around. Mm. Well, the question is so, whether the distribution rights also pass over. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't but, know what deal would be in place for Kingsman 3. But obviously, this is great news for Disney themselves because obviously they get a good back catalogue as well. Yeah. And especially with them having their own streaming service that they want to put out there. Yeah, they can now put all of their Fox stuff on exactly. there. Exactly, and they now get a bigger stake in Hulu as well, and um, they've also got a large stake in Sky now. Yeah. Um, as well, which means that they can start kind of pilfering stuff from there. And also in Skynet, because this is how the beginning of the end happens. <laughs> we're all going to... It's uh, Cyberdyne or whatever it was, and Skynet, we're all going to die in a horrifying Terminator fire. And it's all started with Disney, our lords and saviours, buying up Fox. But what do you think about the deal? Do you think this is a positive move? Or... No. No. I, well, on message, yes, definitely... I love Disney. But they're not listening for a second. What do you generally believe? I think this is awful. Why? I think the, the idea of it being a monopoly is going to basically ruin... I, I think will be detrimental long term. Do you think you'll get more of this? Because obviously there's the rumour that Warner Brothers were looking at buying Paramount at one point. Mm-hmm. And that at still this might point be Disney could be looking at buying like, Warner Brothers though. But so, like, there's generally a thing where you yeah. go, there, is it going to be a case in two, three years time where you've got two or three big studios and outside of that all your other more like like your interesting stuff is all coming through independent filmmakers like Bloomhouse and stuff like that yeah Bloomhouse are well Bloomhouse have got a first option deal with um, Universal anyway so that's that's who they're affiliated to basically I mean there's no reason that if Universal don't want to pick up any Blumhouse production they can go to somebody else Paramount could pick it up or um, New Line could pick it up Uh, not New Line New Line are part of Warner Brothers but you know those those yeah so I I, I don't know I think it's it's I think it's going to be detrimental in the long run Um, I don't think that corporate synergy is necessarily the way forward here and I don't 
I don't anticipate this being a good uh, a good model for consumers. I think it's a good model for businesses. Yeah, yeah. of course. You know, Disney have done very well out of the they'll deal. Make a I lot, imagine they'll make a lot of money. And I think obviously, but I put, think this is this is really troubling news. And they've benefited as well from the fact that they've made a lot of money in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. You know, and it comes to a point where pretty much all your major releases and the ones that are doing really well are coming through Disney. Yeah. And that's how they're able to fund something like this. You know, it's how they were able to fund buying Star Wars when they did that. Um, the fact that they will they will make money. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it, it, if you're working at Disney and you're part of that board, this is a good move forward. Uh, yeah. As... Do you know, as generic movie goers, do you think we will see much of a difference though? Like I don't on ground so. on ground level, do you think we'll see, or do you think it's just an interesting bit of news because it is basically I mean, it'd be just, like it's comic say, book fans are getting more excited than anyone else, I think, because they finally get to see certain properties return to Marvel. Yeah. That's it. And I don't think there's any reason to get excited from a uh, from a uh, from a cinema goer's point of view. I don't think anything will really change other than those characters will now be able to be in those films. I don't think any yeah. of the external properties that they have will get affected. Would you have been anyway. happier if they had just brought back the characters instead of just brought back those rights? I mean, they could have done it, but Disney were always looking for the big fish there, and I don't think they ever think had. Fox... They didn't ever have eyes on just those characters. And I think I Fox think wanted always... to get out that game, didn't they? They want to go into this more kind of yeah news and sports kind of packages, yeah, and um, that's what they want. Um, that's why they think their money could be made. Um, but, you know, it is a bit like, say, if Coca-Cola went and bought Pepsi. Yeah. It's that thing of, you know, nothing will really change because that stuff will still be there. Yeah. But it's now, that market share is reduced. Well, that market share is now just going to one company yeah. rather than two, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's I think it's troubling news, but I you know, there's nothing I can do now. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I wrote a letter. Um, what else have we got? Uh, okay, so George Clooney's got a development deal at the moment with Netflix and is developing a Watergate series for them, mm-hmm. uh, which will be um, seemingly uh, done in a sort of Rashomon style. So basically the event from various different perspectives, um, which could be quite interesting, actually. Um, obviously, recently I've talked about um, Suburbicon, how it was a bit of a miss uh, in terms of George Clooney sort of not really being able to get something out of it. Um, But I would be interested in seeing, um, you know, when you think about it, All the President's Men is sort of a high watermark when it comes to Watergate stuff. So if you can create a series in which you tell it from different perspectives and sort of give me a, give me a, a, a more detailed and sort of leveled idea of what's going on, that might actually be something I'd be interested in seeing. So, that's something that's broken this week, so um, that's currently being talked about. I don't know how far into production they are, um, but you know that yeah. would be exciting. I think I like George Clooney as a filmmaker, so I would be excited to see him doing something based on true event again. Uh, I hate to sound like a broken record, but why change the habit of a lifetime? Um, <laughs> his uh, his film Confessions of a Dangerous Mind was based on the memoirs of um, Chuck, uh, Chuck Barris. Yeah. Um, you could have said any name and I would just agree. Uh, and again, is his finest film, I think, to date. And um, and again, is one of Sam Rockwell's best performances. Mm. Uh, 
uh, he's someone who I think is able to get uh, a true story and or well, you know, true story. Uh, sorry, I'm in about fifteen different places at the moment, <laughs> but uh, get a true story, then make something of it. So yeah, um, yeah I would be interested to see that series. Uh, Deadpool two may be called the second coming. I think that's actually just a tagline. <laughs> I think it's. I don't think it will be called. Well, the more I think about it, the more it's like. Well, if they want to go lazy like, with it that, seems joke. like the kind of thing they would do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that comes out. Apparently, there's a Marvel comic called X Men Second Coming. Okay. It's uh, Deadpool's only a small character in it. But... Oh, I thought you meant like they're spelling it in the ejaculate way. No, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was, Does that have the? It was naked porn. Naked porn. Naked porn. As opposed to clothes porn. <laughs> oh, that funny, funny dressed porn. The Amish porn that they're into. <laughs> um, so much fun. So I don't know what's going on there, but you know that comes out June next year. Is it June next year? June. I thought I thought it was coming out Valentine's Day again. I thought it was as well, but clearly that isn't the case. It's the first of June, I believe. Okay, so it's strange that they're going into the summer blockbuster season. Yeah, but no one else no. wants to release blockbusters in the summer anymore. This is the problem. True. Because think about it: we've got Avengers: Infinity War at the end of April, beginning of May. Yeah. What have you got after that? Yeah, because I suppose a lot of your big kind of tentpole they've moved them further forward or further back. Also, a lot of them happened this year. Yeah. You know, you've, well, think you've about got like your pirates. You've got your transformers. Think about Black Panthers February. Uh, you've got okay, so that's February. That's probably why they've not. Put yeah, there. that that's probably it. Um, but then you've got what's it called? Aquaman's December. Mm-hmm. You haven't got big big superhero films opening in the summer. That uh, Deadpool on the first of January, first uh, of June, I think, and then uh, Ant Man and the Wasp is August. So. You've got uh you've got a sort of period of time there where I don't think they've got anything filling that gap. New Mutants is April or March, I think. So uh, yeah, March, I think. Anyway, not important, but, no, you know, but just interesting to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting to see more from from that film as well. And know kind of what they're doing with it. Um, did you see the? Um, I don't know if this was like last week and we just didn't talk about it. Did you see they released images from X Men Dark Phoenix? No, I haven't seen... Well, I'm sure they did, but I didn't see them. What yeah. was it like? Um, they showed, Good. It's like an image of Sophie Turner's um, Jean mm-hmm. Grey, but she's on fire sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Someone should really do something about that. Um, they showed... Like, there's a picture of... Oh! ...at a funeral. <laughs> Sorry. Keep keep talking, keep talking. I've just remembered another bit of news. Um, and there's like, a clip of Jessica Chastain, fully blonde, who apparently... Um, it's going to be a screw or something, maybe. Uh, but th- they look a bit. Mer- like, the thing is, I'm not excited by that film at no. all. And like, New Mutants, I am. But this, uh, the like, seeing the promotional material, I'm like, I, I just think you're going to ruin that storyline again, yeah. and it's just going to stop anyone else from being able to do it again because you can't do it for a third time. Yeah. Um, ba- mainly because I think the strength of cast isn't isn't there more no. than anything. Um, but yeah, just thought I'd bring it up because I couldn't remember whether they came out. This week or not. Well, here's something that I don't think we talked about last week because I think we 
released the episode before it had come out. The second trailer for Ready for Player One. Oh yeah, it came out on that date, didn't it? It came out on Sunday last week. Um, so the second trailer for Ready Player One came out with Van Halen's Jump instead of Tom Sawyer by Rush, which is obviously an incorrect decision. Or an incorrect decision is to have that Tom Sawyer trailer without Tom Sawyer. Yeah, playing. you had a weird experience yeah. in the cinema where they played the first trailer but without the song. And it's like, what, what are you doing? The fact that Tom Sawyer just kicks in is the best bit of the trailer. Yeah, it's the only um, reason I'm going to go and see that fucking film. What do you think of the second trailer? Uh, no. <laughs> basically all the good work that the first trailer did was undone by the fact that this one's a story trailer and actually I don't think I like the story anymore yeah it tells you more about what the thing I is. like Mark Rylance always though so that's yeah, good and I'm excited I'm surprised they haven't shown anything of Simon Pegg yet who's um, Simon Pegg he's in he's in the film no who's this guy Simon Pegg what's he done um, you, <laughs> might, you might know him from Run Fat Boy Run I, my film of the year every year <laughs> Um, and how to lose friends and alienate people the double bill that's just perfection um, yeah so I'm supposed to have a show anything to him because obviously he is a big name or TJ Miller um, well, no because I still say I think they have I yes, think TJ Miller I is... want to see TJ Miller's stupid fucking face I don't I don't think they will at all because, well in the story if it is the character I think it is in the yeah. story you only ever see his avatar Grog the orc well, his avatar isn't even Grog the Orc in that it's uh, like this character of Iroc is just a, is just a kid, right. um, but like you never like, he's not a big character in the book, but he is in this film by the sounds of things. Um, but I believe that that Orc character of the metal arm is T.J. Miller. Okay, uh, but yeah, it kind of it shows a bit more of what the story is. I'm still really excited for this because I, like I said, I quite enjoyed enjoyed the book I know I spoke to a couple of people who didn't mm. but a lot of friends I've got really did and I just got couldn't get past those first five pages <laughs> I got you five tried. pages in and I was just like there's too many pop culture references it is very pop culture heavy but the thing is I'm very excited to see what they do with certain scenes like there's certain things in there where I'm like how are you going to do a Well, I still believe that if anyone's going to do it, Steven Spielberg's the person to sort of capture that yeah. magic. He's someone who hasn't been able to do that in... Uh, hasn't necessarily chosen the projects that would allow him to sort of do that Kind of let loose a little bit. Since the 80s, really. Um, but I'm excited to finally see him coming back and yeah. sort of doing something. And like, with... there's, there's certain scenes in there where I'm like, okay, that's a big thing in this story that you're going to have to get rights to. Yeah. Well, and actually, I'm... now I'm kind of like... I, I'm glad I haven't read the book. I'm glad I've yeah. not been able to get past that because I'm actually kind of like, or maybe I just want to see it and not have see that grounding point. Like, I'm, I'm actually going to read the book again before I go and watch it, I think, because I, like I said, I got a lot out of it. Yeah. And I want to kind of compare it, compare it a little bit. Um, obviously, you get a lot of, there's going to be, it's going to be one of those films that people are going to go over a fine tooth comb and kind of go, oh, was that so-and-so that I saw there? Yeah, like, like, this trailer alone. 4,000 Easter eggs you may have missed in yeah. Ready Player One. <laughs> With one of those big YouTube adverts pointing to, like, some random... But, yeah, in that trailer you saw, like, well, Tracer think from Overwatch. Chucky. Chucky was in there, we yeah. We think Chucky. Um, I'm pretty certain it's Chucky. Yeah, it looks um, like it. You see Joker and Harley Quinn in there. Um, you know, there's quite a lot as well. There's another thing in there, but I can't remember what it was that I saw. Iron Giant. Yeah, I saw Iron Giant. Again, um, Iron Giant. Like one of the Gundam Wing robots. Gundam Wing. What um, about the Gungan Wing robots? <laughs> Misa loves them. <laughs> but no, I'm actually quite excited for it, to be honest. Sure. Um, yeah, and I think the second trailer still worked for me in a way. I like to see Ben Mendelsohn as well. I quite like Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, I like Ben Mendelsohn. Um, what else we got news-wise? Nothing. Ryan Reynolds is Detective, Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. I give a shit about that film. It's live action. Yes, yeah, it's going to be strange, isn't it? 
it's not. It's going to be strange, so I won't see it. <laughs> I, I've got no interest in I, that. I film. don't understand what it is. Like I, I understand what it is, but I don't understand why they're doing it. Well, like, Zeke not... from the Get Down is the boy in it. Is he? Yeah. He's also in Jurassic World. Uh, we talked about uh, that Lost trailer. Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also in that. Yeah. Um, no, like, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it's one of those things. Where it was commissioned at the time when Pokemon Go first released. Yeah. And that's when they decided they were doing it because they were like, oh, there's still a lot of love for Pokemon and everything like that. And Pokemon Go really isn't the worldwide smash, but it was for like five weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what sort of audience. I think it'll reach an audience. And putting Ryan Reynolds in it, for example, is probably a smart idea because he is a yeah. box office draw. Although, did the Hitman's Bodyguard actually do any good? I think the Hitman's Bodyguard did well enough. Like, I think it made it money, its money back, yeah. but I don't think critically it was particularly well received. But, like, you know, it's a smart idea to put somebody like that, especially if Deadpool 2 comes out and does really well. Yeah, of course. You, you've got, basically, you're doing really well. Um, well, it's slated just, for 2019. We'll see if Yeah, it, it just makes no real sense for me why they're doing it, but mm. that's why I'm not in Hollywood. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I look forward to it. Do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see it. Okay, I lied cool. earlier when I said I wasn't going to see it. I'm, I've bought my tickets already. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything else. Basically, Disney Foxing overtook yeah, a lot of it. And then obviously the stuff about Star Wars. This, like, There's a lot of stuff about like Star Wars is basically looking on track to break a load of records again. Um, also, there's a lot of mixed reception to Star Wars as well yes um, and looking online you can see a lot of that and it's this thing of where did the audience stand on this um, which we go into a bit deeper in like I said we've just finished recording the spoiler special Star Wars podcast yeah which will be so out on Wednesday that comes out Wednesday um, and we talk a bit more about that in that um, and basically because to talk about it you have to talk about the film yeah there's certain, no way you can avoid it certain elements so if you've seen the film, listen to that podcast on Wednesday where we'll go into more about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically going to break records again, isn't it? It's gonna it's gonna. Uh, it's the second largest opening weekend, they think. Uh, it looks like it's tracking as the second largest ever. But I still think it'll break a billion. I still don't think it'll do as well as Force Awakens. Did. No, I think you're right. Um, and I think you're right again. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I think that's all news. Should, yeah. we, should we talk with you? Should we start with the smaller one? Do you want to start yeah, with let's just do this. Yeah, okay. So um, as this week I've seen two films with Mark Hamill in. One of them is good and one of them is Brigsby Bear. <laughs> uh, so Brigsby Bear is a weird little animal. Um, co- uh, co-written and starring uh, Kyle Mooney from... Um, Saturday Night Live fame. Um, The director, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, I'm not even going to do any... No, you know what? It's directed by one of the segment directors from SNL as well, who's someone who grew up... uh, who met Kyle Moon at at high school, I think, and they sort of started making short films together Mm -hmm. and then they got into SNL. And um, it's been a passion project of of his for a little while. Uh, so the story is basically this this guy James, who's been brought up in captivity, essentially abducted at a young age and sort of uh, raised in. It, it's got a very strangely reminiscent of Room in the mm-hmm. sense that all he knows is this world that has been taught to him in this 
building by Brigsby Bear, this TV show that he believes is a worldwide smash hit and that everyone knows about. Yeah. And this is this is where all of his information about life comes from, and it comes from Brigsby Bear. And then fairly early on into the film, he is released from captivity and goes out into the world thinking that, well, Brigsby Bear will be a reference point that everyone understands because yeah. everyone watched Brigsby Bear. Turns out Brigsby Bear was made just for him and it was um, sort of an educationalist experiment. Uh, and he sort of struggles to cope with the fact that everything he knew was a lie, essentially. Okay. Um, and then goes about trying to make a Brigsby Bear film because he believes that it would tie up the story well mm. and uh, he's uploaded clips of it from... Uh, he's uploaded episodes of Brigsby Bear to YouTube and they've become worldwide smash hits. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a weird film because it treads that line. I described it to you as being very Sundancey and not in a good way. Um, it, it almost feels like it was designed in a lab, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, how can we make this the sort of most kooky and quirky comedy drama film that we can? Yeah, one that will really do well at Sundance and that people will be like, oh well. I've got this really kind of cult DVD. It's called Brigsby Bay. You probably wouldn't have seen it because it only premiered at Sundance and got released for about two weeks here and there. And the thing is, it's been reviewed fairly well and I think there are there are reasons why it might be and there is stuff that works. The comedy sometimes works, but really for me does not... It doesn't do its job properly. Mm. And it just comes across as being a bit too twee and a bit too kooky at times. And kooky is something that is very difficult to do because you can you can get it right and you can be offbeat and you can still get it right. And I think Little Miss Sunshine is actually a better example of a Sundance film that works for people who aren't Sundance audiences. Yeah. Whereas this sort of treads that line and then just sort of tramples all over that line at times. <laughs> and I'm just there like, if I'm enjoying bits of it, I, I found myself going, right, okay, so I've liked the last 10 minutes and then... For the next 15 minutes, I'm just like, I hate this film. I hate it. <laughs> and it's that thing of, there's this weird duality of watching this film and just going, it's either quite charming or it's quite irritating. Mm. And, and there's not very much me- middle ground. So... Now, it's strange because I've heard a lot of creative people talk about it and be like, they really enjoyed it because it's a message of creativity. Yes. Creativity, and, do, do you... and it's quite, it's, it's a sentimental film overly sentimental I don't think it particularly earns it or yeah. deserves it um, and it's I, I can understand why people would like it but I can't I, I am not one of those people and I don't think I would ever like this film <laughs> I, I, I think even if you change stuff in it I, I'd still not necessarily be on board with it mm-hmm. it's done remarkably well in terms of critical reception I think it even got Oscar buzz at one point I yeah. don't think that that's necessarily sustained through the year because it got a release in America I think about three or four months ago now okay um it's not a film that I would necessarily ever I mean I will never I'm not going to watch this film again is basically it um and I'm not sure I'd necessarily recommend it I'd recommend it if that kind of kooky stuff is your cup of tea yeah so if you're someone who really loves 500 Days of Summer, if you're someone who loves all the sort of um, offbeat things that are about people who don't quite fit into society and are awkward and gangly and sort of, you know... <laughs> Say it. 
just you know I know what you want to nah, say you know they're just you know yeah. those kind of guys it's like Andy Fowler this is your perfect yeah okay, that's fine. what you wanted to say if your name is Andy Fowler ex co-host of this podcast <laughs> now usurped by me in my Machiavellian <laughs> scheme uh, no if if your name is Andy Fowler you will absolutely love this film yeah if your name is Alex Hudson you will hate this film <laughs> Uh, the thing is, the the charming bits are easily outweighed by the irritating mm. bits for me. So, at the end of the day, I didn't like the film and I wouldn't recommend it. But then again, I can understand why certain why people might like it. those films. So, it's hard. I, it's kind of that thing of like, I would recommend it on a case-by-case basis. <sighs> so, you would have to come to me and go, Hi, I'm the kookiest motherfucker who ever lived. And I'm like, well, in that case, it's a DVD of Brinsby <laughs> Bear. Go watch it. You'll love it. But in your case, you said to me, would I like it? And I was like, no, because you've got a lower kook threshold. I think you've got a lower kook threshold than me. And my kook threshold is very low. So I think for you, not the best film. For Andy Fowler, film of the year. <laughs> film of any year. So that's shall that's pretty bad. Shall we talk about the big, big release God. of... It's going to eat up the cinema for the next three weeks now. But there is nothing else out at the moment. Because nothing wants to compete with it. So, Star Wars The Last Jedi uh, came out. uh, Yep. Already smashing box office records. Oh, God. It's long. It is. So, it picks up where where Last Jedi Force Awakens ends. You speak. Um, And it basically, it tells the story of the Empire still hunting down the Rebels. First Order. Resistance. And they basically have them, they basically have them cornered. And it, which leads to members of the rebels, first order, no resistance, um, going out and trying to kind of find pieces to pull back together. While at the same time, Ray is now on the island with Luke, trying to be trained as a Jedi. That's as much as I can really say. Yeah, there's not a huge without giving anything give away because I do think that this is the kind of film you need to kind of go in a cold, bit, yeah. bit blind to because some of the revelations and what happens in it, they're better experienced for yourself. Yeah. And you get answers to questions that were posed in uh, Force Awakens Mm -hmm. and there are more questions that are then asked and sort of stuff that happens with characters who are legacy characters and stuff that happens with the newer characters that sort of is satisfying but ultimately unsatisfying at the same time. There are certain bits that feel at odds with the franchise I think but there are certain bits that don't feel at odds with the franchise and sort of feel very natural and And organic. And there are certain characters that you met in Force Awakens, who have really nice kind of yeah, I, and there, like, there there is a lot of character growth in this like film. Poe Dameron, like. for example, has a really nice. We oh. were always going to be easy on. Yeah, yeah, we we always liked Poe. Um, but that's the beautiful thing about this film, yeah. and I think that everyone in it has their own kind of growth, and they have their own arc to that really is mm. satisfying. And I think for for me anyway, everything played out. Right. Yeah. Um, Character-wise, I felt that they, they worked really well. Well, yeah, you're not one of these people who's got particular attachment to the original trilogy, no. which I think probably helps in that circumstance, because it means that any any decision that anyone makes with a character from that established trilogy, you don't have a weight of expectation on you. Exactly. Where you go, oh, but this is exactly how I feel this character should be, and you're not doing it, mm-hmm. so... This is not that character now. And there's a couple of nice additions, like Benicio del Toro turns up. And oh my god, he's has, amazing! Like, the most incredible. T- like, I yeah, I fell in love with that character as soon as he arrived. More of him, um, yeah. He he's incredible. Um, and there's also um character of Rose turns up who you don't really like in it, but I thought she was fine. Um, 
And there are, like, the thing is, there's a lot of stuff that works here. There is stuff that doesn't. Yes. For me, like the pacing's a bit off. Yes. Yeah. It is very it is long. Too long, and it could easily lose half an hour. Some of the comedy doesn't work. Yeah. Um And there is one of the most ridiculous scenes I've seen all year in this in this film. Yeah, a lot of people um, will say. Oh, look out for this particular scene because once you see it, you'll be like, "Oh my god, this is ridiculous." You do question why it's there. Yeah, um, and that is a thing. But the thing that I said to you is like, even though like the original, like the entire plot conceit for me doesn't work, it allows the rest of the plot to do what it wants. And anything that I can say negative about this film, because obviously we were quite harsh on Force Awakens. Yes, we were. Like we were very down on that film. Um, but anything that really I can be down on this film with, I kind of let slide because overall I had a lot of fun. Yes, and whether I should or shouldn't let it slide is a yeah, different matter that's, entirely. That's the thing, and this is what, like, I talked about this before, where I can't remember what film it is. Um, it might even be when I talked about Force Awakens, and I was like, the things The Force Awakens do, I wouldn't let a lesser film uh, get away with. Yeah. Why should I let The Force Awakens? But this film, I'm kind of like, I actually had a lot of fun. I enjoyed what I was watching. And there is stuff that I can still go, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. It's not flawless by any stretch but of the imagination. at the same time, so fans of this film are getting on its back. And technically, I read those reviews and I go, actually, what you're complaining about here, you're not looking at the bigger picture and going, what is this film like? Um, yeah, you, that, the, the ones where they're reviewing it and going, oh, it's a one-star review because this is... A, the points they're making are personal to them rather is, than problems that actually exist within them. No one say, seems to be identifying the, the the problems that I think I yeah. uh, exist. They're going, oh, but this isn't what I wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. You can never Sorry. say this film is a one star star. Review. No. Even if it was like out of five, you can never say it's a one out of ten because no one out of ten film looks this good. Yeah. Because the, it looks yeah. incredible. And, you know, that's the thing about Star Wars. No matter what era we're in, it always looks, you know, serviceable to great. Yeah. And this has one of my favourite shots of the year in it. It's a, it's um, a really nice shot. And there, there are two or three And I still of those. can't work out what film it is I think it's reminiscent of. But there is certainly a yeah, film yeah. where I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's a thing that, else. yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's got shots in there I that think are reminiscent Ryan... to, like, Blade Runner 2049, where I watched that film and I... I audibly were, like, gasping at some of the cinematography in it. Yeah. This has some things like that and you go... No film that is one out of ten can have those shots in it because you have to come out and go, I appreciate that at least. Yeah. And I understand people are like, this story doesn't work the way I wanted to do the characters. You know, some of the characters don't work for me. Yeah. I don't I still don't think Daisy Ridley is that great of an actress. No. And I don't think what I think the way the character's story goes, like like I said, all the arcs work for me, but I don't think she's that great. But does it take me away from the film? No. You're still enjoying like, it I still enough. come out of it going... Yeah, yeah, and it's a problem that I did have with Justice League, where people would say, oh, no, I had fun with it. I didn't. Hmm. And, I, and that's why I focused all, all of my attention on the bad stuff, because I was like, but it's not a good film. It's not a well-made film, and it's not fun. And the difference for me is Justice League, this I don't think there fun. was enough for me to come out with going... Like, I think I can forgive a film its flaws mm. if the positives outweigh them. Yes, and, and I, I, also, I think in I The think Last Jedi's case, it a, does. I think everything is a scale. Yeah. And if the positives outweigh the negatives, then I can I can go, I notice they're there. Yes. The negatives are definitely there, but I can then see that the positives are there yeah. more. With Justice League, it was more of a case of there was a lot of negative there and the positives are so few and far between that it really it did damage my viewing viewings 
experience. experience, yeah. And especially stuff like Batman vs Superman, you know, we're talking about the stuff that we really didn't like recently. But this one I came out of, you know, Force Awakens. The bad stuff in that film really ruined that film for me because it yeah. was so uninspiring. Mm. Well, this, I go, there is enough there for me to enjoy. And the main negative I have is, if anything, there's too much. Mm. It is it is long. It's a very long film. And there's definitely stuff you can cut. Um, but overall... There's, there's big chunks, I think, you could cut. Yeah. But overall, I had fun. I I did. I enjoyed it. And the problem is, I can't really talk that much about it because... Yeah, we're, we're pretty limited in terms of like... <laughs> I'm kind of skating around a lot of things that I enjoyed. And I think basically, if you do watch it and then listen to Wednesday's episode, yes, you'll, you'll hear, get more you'll hear of what more we think. Of the kind of stuff that we like. And yeah. even in that, we didn't go through a lot. There's of still it. a lot of stuff that we didn't cover, um, but there's just not enough time to do that. And all. Porgs are a thing. That's yeah, important. Porgs are still porgs. There. Are, porgs are still a thing. Um, <laughs> they're they're uh, like, like I said. There, I don't know about porgs. There is some comedy in this film that really doesn't work. No, and. They're kind of part of it. But yeah, overall, I'd recommend it. Like, I'd say, even if you have a passing interest in Star Wars, and I think, like you said, for me, it helps that I don't have real any interest in Star Wars. Yes, yeah. and I think it's fun enough, and I think it's, you know, uh, well, well, look, if you've got two and a half hours to kill, there's worse ways to do it. Yeah, there's also better. There's Blade Runner 2049. Why aren't you supporting great cinema? Yeah, yeah to be fair, <laughs> it, Blade Runner 2049 was two hours, 40 minutes. I'd rather go and see Blade Runner 2049 again than see Last Jedi again. No, but that's, Jedi, not a, that's, that's not, not anything against, against Last Jedi, Jedi because I don't think much can hold up against uh, 2049. It's just the fact that uh, 2049 was a, was a great film. And I didn't... Put it this way, I'd rather watch... The, if you gave me all the two and a half hour films, you got this and then you got, so like say, Batman vs. Superman's two and a half hours. Yeah. You'd take this every day of the week. And, yeah. I, and I think basically... There is a strong film there. It does answer a lot of questions that you had, and it does provide new ones, and it does leave you going, "Well, I wonder where this franchise goes now." Yeah, and that for me is exciting. Yeah, and that's left me excited for for a film franchise that I don't get hyped for. I'm actually very interested to see where nine goes. Is it nine next? Um, where nine goes? Although I am worried they will, they might mess about with some stuff that they set up in this. Yeah. But I think it's really nice. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they're okay, too. So there is a concern there, but there's also a bit more of me kind of wanting to see it, so... Ewoks are going to be in nine. <laughs> Ewoks are going to be back. And it didn't open on Hoff, like we predicted, so I'm really happy about no, that. but it almost closed on it. It almost closed on Hoff. It's not Hoff, it's Salt. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not Snow, it's Salt. That's important. Um, but yeah, I absolutely recommend it. It's almost like that line in... <laughs> sorry, just... There is a line in it where they arrive on a planet and, they, and like they eat the ground and they yeah. go, oh, it's salt. Because it it's looks all, like snow. Yeah, it's almost like it's in there just to be like, no, see, it is different to half. <laughs> it's not half. Um, but it's that planet you see in the trailers yeah. anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely would recommend it. Yeah, I think recommend from me, uh, Brigsby Bear, uh, if, if you're Fowler, yes. <laughs> if you're anyone else, probably no. Uh, as always, yeah, I think we're this gonna... is we're going to leave it. Basically, it's a short episode today, but we've got a lot but, coming up yeah. in a few weeks. So coming, this is our so. last news and reviews before the new year, basically. Yes, um, basically because we're going to take a bit of a break, enjoy spending time with family rather than having to see each other's faces. Yeah. So um, next next episode will be Wednesday's spoiler filled Last Jedi, and then no, on we've Sunday fun, we've fun got one. we've got a fun one coming out on Christmas Eve for you. Yeah, and then and there'll be a couple of others that come out. 
doing uh, our sort of year review and year ahead. And then we'll be back, and then with, we'll you back with news and reviews January, where we'll be talking about things like The Greatest Showman, I would imagine. Yeah, all being well. Um, Everything that comes out in between now and then, basically. But yeah, so like I said, and I will have hopefully seen Jumanji too, Mungie, which I'm looking forward to now after your review last. Thank you, thank you. It makes me feel that I've done something right in this world. As always, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. On Twitter, we're at Dinosaur Man Fifteen. Everywhere else, we're Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, Buzzsprout. You can rate, comment, subscribe, review, tell your friends, uh, leave nice little presents for us. Uh, it is all, Christmas after all. Yes, as always, Johnny Neves did the theme song. This time, it was conducted by John Williams. Andy, thank you very much for hosting. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for being with us. Thank. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I, I'm the thank you. Yeah. You, you thanked me. Yeah, okay. thank, thank you. You're welcome. Until next time. I can't believe that Snoke turned out to be prune face the whole time. <laughs> Pruneface Origins come in 2022.